one of the most important things is to find this rhythm working from home, to find the structure um, at home that allows them to, to be productive. <laughs> I find that there is this myth that uh, when you are working from home, there is, um, you can accomplish more because you are not commuting and uh, there are less distractions which is very true if we are intentional and if we have systems for ourselves. You are listening to the Thriving Empire podcast season four, all about how to be a brilliant remote worker. Whether you're a seasoned remote worker, you found yourself reluctantly working from home, or you simply want to move from a co-located office role to one that is 100% remote, you're going to love this season. We talk to the founders and leaders of remote teams who share with us their insights on the qualities, characteristics, skills, knowledge, and experience that enable you to be a brilliant remote worker. So if you want to know how to be the best at what you do in the remote work reality, you're going to love this season. I'm your host, Stephanie Holland, remote marketing strategist, traveler, coconut macaroon addict, and remote work style obsessed. Let's get started. Today on the show, we talked to Natasha Vorompiova, founder of Systems Rock, which is a company that optimizes measurement marketing systems so that other companies have surgical precision over their marketing. She is really passionate about bringing greater predictability to her customers' marketing efforts by helping them make more informed marketing decisions. You could also describe her as an online business veteran, having started her company back in 2011, growing to a remote team of seven distributed across four time zones before she made the decision to reimagine her business model and positioning. And now she's in the fortunate position of rebuilding her remote team from scratch with a ton of learnings and insights into what to carry forward into her new team and what to do differently. In fact, she knows exactly what her first three hires will be. That's what a clear vision she has. Now, I really loved this episode and, you know, my guests continue to surprise me with their answers and insights. It is so, so cool. She's really passionate about onboarding into the company systems and culture, about high quality reference material, aka documentation, about showing appreciation for the, her team and their families. And she's learned that hiring is so much more than a process, but in fact, a skill that she knows she needs to master. I think it's particularly interesting how much thought she brings to training her team on the systems and tools that they use. But I guess she doesn't have a business called Systems Rock for nothing. I really hope you enjoy it. Hi, Natasha. Welcome to the show. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Very excited to hear about your previous team and also the vision you have for your new remote team today. So let's talk about your previous team. Uh, you're based in Belgium. Where was everybody located and across how many time zones? Well, we've been pretty scattered. So I had an assistant in Virginia, so that's Eastern. I had a tech support person in California, that's Pacific. I had two people in the UK, uh, which is um, a copywriter and a graphic designer. So they were uh, one hour ahead of me. And then um, my bookkeeper and myself um, are in Belgium. So what was it? Four? <laughs> five, four, four, <laughs> four, four time zones. Wow, that's amazing. So that's around seven, a team of seven. Now, when you originally started your company, did you have a vision for building a specifically a remote company or did that just happen? 
happened quite accidentally. Um, it was, when was it? My goodness, it was back in 2011. We had just moved to Belgium and uh, I had a little baby and I was thinking of finding a job here in Belgium, but my husband traveled a lot. So I had to find something that would also allow me to take care of the baby. So in the end, a friend of mine suggested to look into starting an online business. And to me, that was something very, very uh, new and unknown. So I attended a conference and it opened this whole new world to me. And that's when I thought of giving it a shot. <laughs> so it was quite accidental, but because I, um, studied in the US. Um, I was very comfortable with, with the culture and I already had friends there and online businesses have been thriving already in the US. So it was very natural for me to start reconnecting with old friends and looking for support there. So that's why it started almost in the US and then I slowly came back uh, to Europe working with uh, more and more uh, people here in Europe. And what would you say were your key learnings about building a remote team for your online business? When we run a uh, remote team, it is very important to communicate using different methods of communication because the default one is naturally email, something written, something short. But uh, when we work with uh, remote employees or even part-time workers, it's so important to um, add voicemails or um, regularly jump on calls um, or even record short videos because it's so important I find to to add not to send not just written message but also be able to communicate your tone or just connect in all these different ways so to me uh, making sure that I I have these different ways of communicating with my team member um, has always been very important. Another really key thing I find is that having uh, and sharing team profiles, and this is something that I started doing, um, collecting information about everyone when they just joined the company, but also sharing that information with the rest of the team. Actually, not everything, but um, having some logistical details like um, best ways to contact or best time to contact because we were across different time zones. Their key responsibilities so that I'm not the only one they um, come to and ask questions. But in addition to that, I'm adding uh, some personal things like um, I would ask questions like, what is uh, your superpower or what is your favorite guilty pleasure? And sharing that and having that in our team directory because that would allow um, team members to connect on a different level or start talking about their hobbies or find ways to connect with, with each other in a way that they would not be able to had they had only information about like, what they're responsible for. And something else that I really love doing, I really love sending gifts, showing my appreciation by sending little gifts to them, but also to their spouses because they support my team members and allow them that flexibility. So to me, that is really, really important. 
I love the gift to spouses. It's so thoughtful. But I also love uh, your team profiles. And actually, this is something I created in my last remote role as well. It was a team of seven of us. And they, they didn't have these on, on in the knowledge management database. And I thought, wow, this would be a great way for me to get to know the team. But as it turns out, it really helped them. And it created so much conversation and dialogue and laughter. And you could hear the laughter, even though it was on the, on the Slack yeah. channel. But they discovered that they all have a passion for bubble tea and video games. <laughs> and they had no idea. So it was a really fun way to to understand how you're connected to other people as well when you add all that that personal stuff. My question wasn't the superpower. It was if you were a syrup superhero, who would you be? And it was so interesting to see people's answers because so much of your personality and your philosophy about life comes out in your superpower or your superhero. So it's so fun. So you said you started your business in 2011, which is obviously nine years ago, and so much has happened in terms of tools and systems. So how have your tools and systems changed in the last nine years? That's such a great question. So yes, definitely systems um, have been really top of mind for for me as a business owner, and I and I had to go from uh, something that the business required initially and something that I was comfortable with, but then adjust things as team grew, as uh, we started um, working on different types of uh, projects. So in the very beginning, while the team was small, we were communicating by email and we were mostly sending attachments back and forth. But as the team grew, naturally, we um, introduced a project management tool and that was a very very big step up because to me we we have to find a tool uh, that could grow with the company so having just individual to-do lists is great but having a place where all to-dos resign uh, resides where we had all our projects uh, mapped out and everybody knew who is working on what part was absolutely critical um, naturally, a few years ago, uh, when Slack came uh, into picture, uh, we also started incorporating Slack and we were also using Slack to communicate with our clients, which made things much simpler. Um, but one of my most favorite tools, also relatively new <laughs> kid on the block, um, is Loom uh, that allows us to send videos, um, quick recordings of your screen. That is by far my most favorite way to communicate. That's how I respond to emails. That's how I create instructions for my team. That's how I give feedback. Because as I mentioned earlier, it is so important to communicate uh, your voice, uh, the tone of your voice, or something that might sound a bit harsh in writing. Um, that's can be presented as um, in a way that doesn't sound too critical or doesn't sound too too dry. So to me, Loom um, has absolutely transformed the way we communicate and the way that I give feedback to my team. There are so many systems and tools out there, and every but every company has their own tech stacks. <laughs> mm -hmm. How, as a as a remote worker or somebody who wants to be a brilliant remote and get, remote worker and get a job with a remote company, how do you kind of navigate and kind of position yourself as somebody who can easily learn new systems and tools? Well, 
this is something um, that for me starts very early in the hiring process. Um, so whenever I create a job application um, looking for a new team member, I always mention the key systems and tools, um, key software that we use. And I also um, specify what are uh, those tools that somebody who is coming on board has to know and uh, tools that he or she will be using, uh, delivering uh, what um, they, uh, based on their responsibilities. Um, but also um, I list tools that the rest of the team um, uses that they would, uh, they would be welcome to learn. Um, so um, that is, to me, I state that very early in the process so that if somebody is against a certain tool or they don't want to learn it, it gets, they, they don't have to apply. I will not really uh, twist their arm. Uh, but then another piece um, comes in during the onboarding process. We do set aside time to actually walk everyone through the list of tools that the team is using, um, that key set of tools. So, for example, Slack and project management tool. Um, and uh, we list the rest of the tools that we are using. So, naturally, the first thing that happens that a team member walks them through every single tool, shows them around, shows them, for example, around our project project management tool and how it's structured and what is our way of using it, where the tasks of this new person will uh, reside, what the projects he or she will be working on. Uh, we give them overview of our Google Drive. We give them um, helpful recommendations for how to use Slack and how to navigate all these conversations. So we make sure that we build into those initial um, onboarding hours uh, training so that this new person feels comfortable with the tools that um, he or she will be using. Um, and then as that person begins working on the team, uh, especially in the first few weeks, um, we do do uh, a lot of check-ins uh, to make sure that they know uh, where to find uh, things. They find it easy to navigate all these different tools if they're learning something. Um, newly that they find all the directions and instructions easy. So uh, we we support our team members um, in the best way that we can so that that transition happens most naturally um, because it is very different than when you come um, to an office and um, you have to go through your onboarding there. So we have to be super careful and thoughtful during those like, first few days and weeks for somebody that we onboard in regards to tools. Absolutely. So different. So what I'm really hearing is that, you know, having an openness and willingness to learn new tools and system goes a long way. But also you've just touched on something really critical, and that is that different companies use, use the tools and systems in very different ways. And it's really important that companies do that sort of training uh, on, you know, because culture and philosophy and the way a company is built and the way people naturally communicate is a huge part of the way systems and tools are used. Now, what would you say were your key challenges um, having and building a remote team? Uh, well, in the beginning, it was more about hiring super quickly, uh, meeting somebody and being super excited about them. Uh, 
and just hiring them and not asking too many questions and kind of just like okay like they look like a great person and they say that they they know all all this okay let me hire them um so i've made quite a few hires in the early days that were not the right people um and with many of those people the follow-up mistake that i made is that i um, continued giving them benefit of, of the doubt when they were not performing well so there were the times and like that would drag out for way too long um so those were the, the two biggest things and um as a result what i um put in place is much better screening process uh much more thoughtful and detailed um job application um and making sure that i have plenty of candidates that apply and i have a number of uh choices and actually ask questions that need to be asked and um, give them test projects if this is something that uh, would allow me to test their skills and uh, test this little um, attention to detail or some like little things that would be critical um, for them once they um, join the team and i also introduced a trial period so um and that was because i was i did not want to hurt anybody's feelings i just built that into the uh, process of bringing somebody on board that the first um, 60 to 90 days uh was the trial period and then the gift after that they worked out so they continued working with us and if not um that then i had uh, I had a way to just tell them, okay, like this is not working out. Um, you can, um, we are, we are not the right fit. Once I learned how to properly hire team members and who to look for, my team stayed with me for years, so I didn't really need to worry uh, about these things as much. But um, it did take some trial and error in the beginning for sure. I think if you just touched on something really interesting, and that is that hiring is a skill that we can develop, and it's not just a process that you go through. And also, I think that, you know, the whole trial period aspect is so critical because it's about both of you test driving each other because often, you know, you can start working with a company and it's not the right culture fit for you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it, it works both ways. And then also, if you have a specific trial period of 90 days, for example, especially if you're hiring independent contractors, then if it doesn't work out, it's still a three-month contract on your CV. <laughs> so it doesn't look right. like you've been fired or let go from a role. It was, right. nope, there was exactly. a three-month contract to start with and you did your best work and you both showed up brilliantly but actually it just wasn't the right culture fit or for whatever other reason now okay so you are sort of on the cusp of um thinking about expanding your company again you've um sort of repositioned um remodeled your business so to speak you know the exact three hires you are going to hire next which is just brilliant <laughs> so what are the ideas and structures or cultural elements that you definitely want to carry forward into your new remote team what i'm definitely taking with me and this is this has been work in progress and this is a work in progress i find for many companies um is our systems like to me systems are so 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 critical and you mentioned that earlier stephanie and i completely agree with you so um and that 
naturally includes all the tools and um, uh, software that we're going to use, but just uh, a very clear way of communicating everything from the way we communicate, the way we uh, manage our project management tool, uh, the way we manage projects, the way we speak with clients. To me, systems and clear systems is really, really, really important because every time a mistake happens, the way that um, I think about it is like I go and look at, okay, where and which system do we have a hole that's allow this mistake to happen. We, we all make mistakes as people, but to me, especially when it comes to, to remote team, where we need to have this place where um, everything resides and everybody can come and reference this piece of information, that needs to be as clear as possible so that people don't have doubts where they have a place where they can look things up. Um, so, that is super, super critical. Um, and the second piece is communication with, with my team. Um, that's another very important and absolutely critical element, um, starting from regular meetings to make sure that we are on track and everybody knows what they are working on and what is expected of them. Um, when we are working remotely and we cannot come in into somebody's office or cubicle and kind of just have a quick chat or read on their face what's happening. Uh, we have to have these ways to make sure that everybody is on track, everybody is well, they don't need any support professionally or personally. So um, finding different ways to make sure that that's, that's actually so is absolutely critical. To your point about reference material, I think, you know, high quality documentation is so powerful for a company. I think, that, you know, not only does it empower everyone in the company just to be a little bit more sort of independent and resourceful, it also frees up leadership and management to get on with other things. And I think, again, that's something that even, you know, tiny companies, companies of one person and two people can really benefit from high quality documentation at the outset. So what skills do you think, what skills and personality traits make people particularly suited to remote working? What do you think? One of the most important things is to find this rhythm working from home, to find the structure um, at home that allows them to, to be productive. Because I find that there is this myth that uh, when you are working from home, there is um, you can accomplish more because you are not commuting and uh, there are less distractions, which is very true if we are intentional and if we have uh, systems uh, for ourselves to make that work uh, done. To me, uh, it is very critical that uh, the person that I'm hiring, if they have not been working from home uh, for a while, they are ready to actually develop the skill and develop systems for themselves to, to work from home. Um, another uh, important skill is communicating. And <laughs> I mentioned it several times, but when we are working as a team in a remote environment, 
everybody needs to know who is working on what task, uh, where they are with, with that task, uh, when to expect that task done. So when I say communicating, it doesn't, I don't mean that uh, the person needs to be sending these emails or be constantly in Slack. Um, it doesn't need to happen that way, but they have to be super um, responsible when it comes to updating their tasks, making sure that everybody knows uh, where they are with, uh, with their task or project, updating um, the team on their progress, making sure that they reach out if uh, they, they feel stuck, asking questions if they're not sure how something is done, um, but at the same time being proactive and being resourceful when it's something that they can find an answer to themselves. What it comes down to is this level of independence and responsibility that we need to have. And if you have that, you're going to make a, a terrific um, collaborator in the remote environment. Yeah, it's true. I was speaking to Sondra Rash a few episodes ago, and he described it as a re responsible, sort of autonomous um, quality, which which I think is a really great way to describe yeah. it. And I really second what you say about finding a rhythm. I'm all about thinking, you know, aligning with your natural rhythms for productivity, creativity, and thinking, and really learning and understanding what you need around you, um, what environment you need to to create you know, the perfect state for those different aspects, whether it's music or silence, or even if you need to be walking while you're doing a particular thing. And I love how you said uh, about developing the skill of working from home. And I'd, I'd like to add to that, it really developed the habit of working from right. home or right, working, right. working remotely because, you know, not all of us are working from home all the time. And that is the thing is that whatever environment you're in, whether you're in a co-working space or a cafe or a friend's house or you've just, just moved abroad, it's just kind of knowing how you need to set yourself up to get into the, the right mindset for that productivity, creativity and things. Thinking. That's super. Thank you for those. Natasha, where do people go to find out more about you and Systems Rock? My website, systemsrock.com, but you can also find me on social media. I'm on uh, Facebook, but also LinkedIn, and you can search for either my name or my company name, and it will come up. Okay, fantastic. Natasha, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Stephanie. It's such a pleasure, and thank you so much for a really thoughtful and amazing questions. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thriving Empire. I appreciate you being here and hanging out with me. Now, if you're not subscribed already, head over to stephanieholland.co, that's C-O, and sign up right on the page so that you never miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the show, I have a favor to ask you. Would you rate and review it on iTunes, please? Just search Thriving Empire on iTunes. Click subscribe, then ratings and reviews, and you'll be asked to give it a start rating and a quick sentence or two on what you think about it and what you think about me. Now, this will really help other people find it too so that more people can build their career and create the life they really want simultaneously. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful week and see you next time on Thriving Empire.